CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Okay, that was like three years ago. Okay. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday. October 22nd is just moments away. We have a mystery guest coming on the program today. I'm going to ask our mystery guest to please mute your microphone. You're uh, coming in hot a little bit there. So mute your microphone there, mystery guest, and we'll introduce you uh, when we get the show started. Let me, let me turn my fan off. Oh, no. That's the problem. <laughs> mystery guest. Mystery guest just revealed himself, but that's fine. Well, <laughs> oh, Lord. There Lord. we go. All right. Lord. All right, mystery guest. Uh, <laughs> Stay a mystery, please. You're Ben Jarofsky. Oh, you're Ben Jarofsky. Okay, still not funny. You're Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, October 22nd. Oh, what a week it was. Sky High Pritzker, the Rambassador, and something else I can't remember. But it's brought to you by the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, and the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, it's true, and so much more. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. There you'll find the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. We'll hear more about that column in moments, but we are trying to get you to subscribe to that Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, October 22nd, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week Sky High Pritzker, the Rambassador, and don't jab the Bobbies. And now your host. Oh, you can jab him. It's fine. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this, oh, those dastardly Republicans Friday, and here's why. All right, we're going to get to, oh, what a week. We're going to get to our mystery guest. We're going to lead off with a, uh, a visit from a mystery guest, an old friend, who right now is a mystery because you don't know who this old friend is. But before we get to that mystery guest, let me just say this. I was reading this article in the Washington Post. I was laughing out loud when I read this article. It's all about the gubernatorial race, a very heated gubernatorial race in Virginia. Democrat Terry McCullough versus Glenn Youngkin, Youngkin the Republican. And this is so funny. Youngkin is neck and neck in the polls. How how in the world that's happening, I don't know, since Virginia went over 10 percentage points for uh, Joe Biden in the presidential election in 2020 or Donnie Trump. But Youngkin's uh, neck and neck with McAuliffe in the polls. And he is really uh, asserting the need for vote by mail. And I read this article and I just had a laugh. On one hand. Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, is trying to rive, uh, rile up MAGA by saying they stole the vote and they stole the vote by cheating with vote by mail. On the other hand, he's saying vote by mail because he realizes 
It's advantageous to get people to vote, period. And it's even more advantageous if you get them to vote by mail because it's so easy and it's just overdone. It's done with fast. But that won't stop him from also asserting that it's vote by mail is what led to the Democrats to steal the election. And this just reminds me what my dear friend Sam Holloway always says. He says, Ben, fascists don't care if you call them hypocrites. Fascists only want to win. And it looks as though, sad to say, MAGA is on the threshold of winning in Virginia. We'll get into that race uh, in a couple more weeks. It's still, uh, I see we got about a week or two to go before we get to that race. Number, November 2nd is that one. So we'll have to talk about that uh, more. But today is, oh, what a week. Before we get down to, oh, what a week, D. We're going to bring on an old friend of this show, a mystery guest, who's got big news in his personal life. And when I heard it, I just said, mystery guest, please come on the show uh, and announce uh, your big news. So mystery guest, please come on the show, introduce yourself and announce your news. Go ahead, mystery guest. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Ben. And good afternoon, Dennis. Good to see both of you. This is Atiba Buchanan of the Buchanan and Seaton show. Friday nights for the past two years and uh, this past August on WVON AM 1690. Uh, the, the new news or the good news is that I have now been, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, promoted uh, as afternoon co-host of the now uh, afternoons with Egoin and Buchanan that airs on the same station, WVON, uh, Monday through Thursday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, that is great news. And uh, I just Thank wanted to, to take this moment to say congratulations, Atiba. Atiba Buchanan. I met him through Dennis. Dr. D met him through that old radio station that I used to work for, but I can't remember because they fired me. It doesn't really matter what the name of that radio station is. Uh, well, WCPT820. <laughs> WCPT820. They fired you. I, remember that? You, you know? He's got a good memory, Atiba. It's amazing how <laughs> he does. Remember. He does. He does. But anyway, so uh, and in my humble opinion, Atiba Buchanan is just was born for the the radio business. You got the gift of gab, Atiba, and you're really smart and you know your stuff uh, and you listen well, which is I think is really important. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, so nothing but uh, good luck and congratulations to you. Uh, so what, what are some of the issues you're going to, uh, and I also want to say next week, uh, Dr. D be taking another one of his vacations, another one of his days off at T, but uh, Dr. D takes more days off than Johnny Carson back in the day when he was hosting the tonight show. And uh, I think he's going to go uh, scuba diving off the coast. Of I did Hawaii. not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> Johnny Carson. That's very good, Johnny Carson. I did not know that. Anyway, uh, and Atiba will be sitting in to do Oh, What a Week, and we're going to have a lot of fun with that. But uh, Atiba, so what are some of the issues that you, uh, you want to hit on uh, on your new uh, daily talk show on WVON? Uh, before I answer that question, if it's okay, I'd like to just explain a little bit about the importance of the promotion for me. Okay. If I can do that. Go ahead. I just like to let your listeners know, to because this, this hopefully will encourage someone. But I attended, at the time, it was called uh, Illinois Center for Broadcasting, and now it's called Illinois Media School. And that's how Dennis and I met, because I was interning for that school, and I needed credit hours. 
And WCPT was a station that was gracious enough to let me come on and get that experience. I think I, I worked in promotions initially with our dearly departed Fred. And, um, and, and after that, I graduated just fine. And then I went to WVON because a friend of mine from high school was producing there. He was producing the afternoon show, who, whose host at the time was Cliff Kelly. Chicago legend, people call him the governor. Um, he's kind of like the black Ben Jarofsky, right? <laughs> you know, if there's two people that know the history of Chicago politics, it's Cliff Kelly and Ben Jarofsky. They're like neck and neck. And so I, and, but I wasn't in school. So I was going to, to WVON for upwards of six months for free working that show because I just wanted the experience that bad. So I was interning his show and I, I learned a lot during that. After that, I began to do a podcast and so forth. Um, I tried to get a job at WVON after I had done my internship, if you can call it that. I'm using that term loosely. Mm -hmm. uh, after I'd given them that free labor. And they, they had an opening for someone to do weather and traffic and news. And um, I, they, wouldn't even, they, they wouldn't return my calls. They wouldn't respond to my emails. Nothing. After all that you know, free labor... I got absolutely no response at all. I start my own podcast. We end up getting on WVON, uh, again, t upwards of two years ago on a trial basis. They love what we did. We ended up you know, earning, earning that spot permanently. And now I am hosting the very show that I used to intern. That, I, that As a matter of fact, again, that I interned for free because I wasn't even in school. So I didn't have any technical benefit to doing it other than I was just that thirsty for the experience and the information. So somebody out there be encouraged. Don't get, because if someone would have told me eight years ago in 2013, when I was interning for them, that one day I'd be in that seat, I would have never believed it. So you just never know how God can turn things around in your life. If you stay faithful. And I, I just had to, I just had to take a moment to put that out there. No, I, I'm glad you did. And uh, Dennis is nodding along. He's glad yeah. you did, too. Because... And to give a good timeline, uh, how old were you when you started doing that, Atiba? I am 40. I'll be 48 in, in about a month, November 26th. So this is upwards of eight. Yeah, I was I was about 39, 40 years old doing all this. I was working. At, I was working as a bill collector at a job I absolutely hated. And I, and I thought to myself, what is it I can do to get out of this job? What is it I've always wanted to do? And so I went to Illinois Media School with with all thoughts of being a TV anchor because they teach you both, TV and radio. And I I fell in love with radio completely unexpectedly. And and ever since then, these are these are the doors that have been opening up for me. So it all started with me being extremely disgruntled with the with the work that I was doing nine to five, five days a week. I, I actually say it probably all started when you were a kid uh, growing up in the western suburbs, a proud graduate of Proviso West High School, I might add. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we, my guess is, much like me and thousands and thousands of other kids, you listen to a lot of radio. Yeah. And that's my ultimate. I, I've had many guests on this show Atiba, uh, who have been in and out of the radio game. I'm thinking of Ken Davis right now. Shout out to Kenny D. Uh, and we all share, Mike Novak's another guy. We all yeah. share love for radio. 
and, and you know, you're you're at the edge. You and Dennis are really at the edge. Uh, radio is not as uh, strong as it was when we were kids, but it's still a very powerful force. Yeah. I know that because when I was on CPT, I realized a lot more people heard me on a regular basis than as a podcast, a podcaster. Um, but there's so many people out there just like they grew up, they heard those voices, they're coming right into their, through, into their ears, right into their brain. And I guess in some level, uh, Tiba, that's really where it began. So who were some of the early influences you had when you were uh, a kid listening to the radio? Oh, man, it, the legend, Herb Kent. I mean, he for me, cause, because he had a show, he did weekends on V103. And he basically, he basically dominated the weekend airwaves. And on Sunday in particular, uh, he would have a segment called Battle of the Bands, which they still do. But I, the, the, I have the most, the, the fondest memories of being in the backseat of, of my father's Ford LTD and um, listening to Hurricane. Because back then, you, you listened to what your parents listened to. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't stream your own. You didn't have a cell phone that you could stream your own music. No, you sat in the backseat and you listened to whatever your parents listened to. And I can remember listening to Herb Kent, what feels like all of my life. And, um, I, I was just, I was completely smitten with the man. I did get an opportunity to meet him once. I, I didn't even know what to say when I met him. <laughs> um, but yeah, Herb Kent and Ty Wansley are the, are the two people that, that always motivated me that, that I just had the utmost respect for. Yeah. Ty Wansley was a pros pro and Herb Kent, of course, is a legend, the great Herb Kent. Uh, I gotta, I, I know what you're talking about. You listen to what your parents uh, listen to. And uh, I gotta tell you this. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I told you this to but when my, uh, when my kids were really young, uh, they just could not stand. They're all grown now. Uh, and they couldn't stand when I would listen to sports talk because, you know, I'm a sports fanatic. I would listen to sports talk. So I cut a deal with my kids. I was just thinking about this the other day. I cut a deal with my kids. I said, all right, I promise that I will not listen to sports talk when I'm in the car and you're in the car as well. But I get to pick the music. And they said, OK. And so I put my uh, oldies on because, you know, I love 60s and 70s music. OK. And that's how they grew up. They know all the songs, right, Atiba? Because they grew up, they had no choice. When I'm in the car, we're listening to the oldie station. Exactly, you groomed them, but to a large <laughs> degree, they probably appreciate that. Well, you're you're right; they appreciate it because it's the best music of all time. Absolutely, uh, I'm just saying. Very much the same way. I, 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 the the things that I grew up listening to, Tina Turner, um, and the Whispers. Uh, and Luther Vandross and, and Anita Baker. And that's all the things that my parents, you know, listened to as I was growing up, Billy Ocean. And um, I love that music. I, I, I still listen to all that music to this day. And I'm so thankful that I do have a wide range of musical interests, largely because my parents introduced me to so much. All right, Atiba, now I have to ask you this. Uh, your uh, old friend, David Seaton, and you have a great show. And uh, the way that show, the dynamics of that show uh, plays out is that you're more to the left. Uh, you're kind of where I am, politically speaking. Yeah. Uh, and Dave, David is more to the right. Uh, and I love him dearly. And he comes on this show. I don't. I have friends who are centrist like David. 
but um, so are you going to have you moved more to the center now that you're uh, got a regular show? Or are you sort of still f- fixed where you uh, were uh, when you uh, where, where, where you are when you duel with David Seaton? Yeah. So that's a great question. And I have found myself having to become uh, a little more centrist in the afternoons uh, because the dynamic there is that I've, I've actually, I'm, I'm co-hosting with someone who is, as David put it, miraculously to the left of me. <laughs> <laughs> he takes, he, he takes great pride in, in this. He, 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 it is amazing to him as, as he put it, the universe found fit to put me next to someone who was to the left of me. So I have found myself on occasion just for the sake of balance, having to be a little bit more of the centrist, uh, nowhere near where David is. Yeah. Dave. Nowhere near there, but, but certainly just a little bit to the right of where I, of where I am, because, you know, the conversation sometimes needs that, that degree of balance and, and I'm okay with taking that on the chin sometimes. So, Yeah, that's it's definitely a different show altogether, not just different in time, but just so and in case people are wondering, yes, the Buchanan and Seton show still happens on Friday nights, nine to midnight. So I went from, again, interning to having two shows. Yeah. On WVO. Uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. All right. Uh, so next week, you're kind enough to join me uh, to sit in for Dennis for, oh, what a week. Uh, we'll close this brief segment. Uh, Tiba, I'll ask you the question I asked you before we went on the air. Yeah. And that is, what is the hottest topic right now, uh, or at least the hottest topic this past week uh, on your uh, show with your listeners? Absolutely. Uh, the hottest topic this past week was far and away, unequivocally, the Senate confirmation hearings for uh, ex-mayor, former mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel. Uh, the Chicago listeners have been very vocal, full-throated in, in their disdain for this nomination, not just about the mayor, but um, they are really upset with President Joe Biden for making it. And um, to, to your earlier point about Virginia, if, they, if, if, if that Republican wins in Virginia... Democrats should really, really be concerned because if that's if that is a precursor of what is to come, then 2022 is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. And if and if Democrats don't get it together and get something passed, something significant uh, before before the midterms. Oh, my God, they're, they're really going to be in trouble. Well, well, I'll, uh, I mean, we can pick this conversation up next week, but I got to tell you this, uh, when I look at Virginia and I see how important uh, the black vote is, uh, and I see Joe Biden nominating Rahm Emanuel to be uh, ambassador to Japan, and they drag out nine aldermen from the black aldermen from the city of Chicago to sign a letter, which is so cynical in my humble opinion, this is me speaking out of tea, but so cynical. Uh, on the part of Rahm and the black alderman who signed that letter. I just realized that the Democratic Party is taking the black vote for granted again, Atiba. And I, you and I have had this conversation a hundred times on this show. You cannot, Democrats cannot win without a big turnout from uh, black voters. And if Democrats just continue to take black voters for granted, it's not that black voters will vote for Glenn Youngkin. The MAGA, who's running for governor, it's just they won't vote. That is absolutely correct. 
they, they are creating a level of apathy with their actions that is really that could really potentially hurt them because you are exactly right. The, the people that are calling in, they're, they're saying um, they're, they're tired of the process altogether. And they won't be, you know, some people are saying that that's why I voted for Trump, but many of them are saying that's why I don't participate. Yeah. By the way, a black person who says I voted for Trump because Biden put up Rom, who buried evidence of a police murder. Trump celebrated the murder. I mean, you know, (laughs) Oh Lord. Atiba, uh, thank you very much for coming on and congratulations on your new gig. And I look forward to next Friday when we uh, have an hour or so to take the deep dive and all the, all the news of the week. All right. Thank you for having me today. And I cannot wait until next week. And uh, it's going to be a blast. What's the name of that show again, Atiba? When can we hear it? Sure. It is Monday through Thursday afternoons with Egoin and Buchanan. My co-host is attorney Kimberly Egoin. Very good. All right. Very good, Atiba. Good luck. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Very good. Right That's on. the great Atiba Buchanan, uh, rock star on the radio. All right. Without further ado, we turn things over to the man, Amit the Legend, who's also a rock star. Yeah. Not on the radio, but he's a rock star on podcast. And he's perhaps the most famous man to come out of Alton, Illinois, since Miles Davis. Without further ado, take it away, Dr. D. Holy cow. I'm flattered. I uh, know. That was awesome. Atiba Buchanan. That's cool. I remember when he was an intern at WCPT and he would like fill in for people and like he was a threat. You know what I mean? Like, th- okay, we'll break the fourth wall a little bit. When you find someone to, f- when you find someone to fill in for you in your radio, uh, you make sure they're not the best. So they kind of miss you when you come back. You know what I mean? Atiba would fill in for people and it's like, holy crap, this guy's good. He's going to take my job. So yeah, Atiba, way to go, man. Very proud of that guy. That's so cool. Yeah, no, and I remember when you told me, you, Ben, there's this guy that you should really meet, Atiba Buchanan, and uh, so he gave me his number, and uh, yeah, he's he's gifted. He really is. He's a great radio presence, and uh, uh, I'm happy that he'll be joining us next week. That should be a lot of fun. We'll take the deep dive, uh, and you'll get to hear it. Atiba will go left, folks. He goes left. Seton's the one that goes right. I got to bring Seton back. David hasn't been on in a while. It's always good to argue the... Well, you got to get that one who's left of Atiba on the show. Holy cow. With David Seaton? His new co-host. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, going. All right. What you got for me, young man? I'm going to be gone uh, next Friday, guys. My my mom. I got to take care of my mom. She's having surgery, so I'm going to take care of my mom. Last week, I was in San... How'd last week go, Ben? Oh, last week was awesome. Salem was uh, sat in for me from the reader, and we uh, we missed you, though. Oh, uh, last last week, of course, uh, yes, you were surfing off the coast of San Diego. Yeah, and uh, I was not surfing. I went to San Diego, walked on the <laughs> little sidewalk by the beach. It was cool, good times. I thought I saw uh, videos of you on Instagram. You surfing? Uh, <laughs> no, no. I thought I, th- I thought I saw that. No, no, that wasn't me. That was some other bald guy. Wait, uh, what do they say? Hang something or other when you're surfing. Oh my God, hang! You acting like you weren't in California for the last month, and I didn't see that surfboard in your apartment, Airbnb. Hang ten. Are you sure it's not hang nail? Oh Sorry. my lord. Okay, let's get. Done. I was missing. I was missing Chicago though. I was like, man, why is nobody in this city calling me a douchebag and honking their horn at me? What's going on? Get me back to the city. 
<laughs> Chicago. My kind of town. All right. How's anyway. it going? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. <laughs> we begin in Illinois, and we begin with J.B. Briscoe. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, make some noise. Sit up. What the? What? Holy crap. Make some noise, Ben. What, what was that? What was that thing at the end? Still trying to find out. The governor, as well as the city of Chicago, did a little celebrating this week because the Chicago Sky are WNBA champions. Sky in four. Come on, Ben. Sky, Sky in four. Sky in four. Yeah. Sky in four. Whatever the hell that means. Whoa. It's a party, Ben. Uh, can I just say this? Uh, before we, I'll explain what that means. And I'm not, you know, everybody knows I'm a, a sports fanatic. Uh, and uh, but Sky and four means uh, root for the Sky to win this series in four games. It's best three out of five. So uh, they lost one game to the Phoenix Mercury, a tremendous overtime uh, game that uh, they lost to the Mercury. But so they ended up winning two in a row, and they won in four. So now that's like. The Bucks did. Bucks and six. They were. They lost two games, and now the the, the crowd goes Bucks. I'm not really into that new thing. That's like a new thing, like a Z thing. Not even millennials. You know. Oh, there it's you like, go, dividing you know, our audience again. It's, yeah, I know. I kind of. I, I was doing so well with these. Yeah, go on now. But it's like this whole thing, like we're after the fact. You know. You, in other words, okay, no, it's not. So the it was one one tie with the sky. And the Sky were coming home to play two games in Chicago so that the rally becomes Sky and four. Get it? And they did the same thing with the Bucks. I'm like, you know, the Bucks did that. Can we be original and not do what the Bucks did? Why do we want to be like cheeseheads? Just say it, Sky fans. All right? So that that's why they Sky and four. And then after the series is over, they're still going Sky and four. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. Oh, that's me. Hey, it, when it comes to sports, I'm your answer, man. But that's right, everybody. The Chicago Sky defeated the Phoenix Mercury to win its first WNBA championship. Ben, you love the game of basketball. How excited are you for the Chicago Sky? I mean, I don't see a Chicago Sky hat on your head right now. No, I don't have a Chicago Sky hat because you can't get them right now. But I will buy one. I'm very excited about the Chicago Sky. I really got caught up with it. And I admit, I, I'm a bandwagon jumper. Yes, yes. I jumped on the bandwagon. Yes, yes. I have friends who said, Ben, let's go to Sky Games in past years. Like, okay. But then they never really did. But all of a sudden, the Sky got Candace Park and they made a run for it. I was like, yeah, Sky. And I watched every single game. <laughs> I was in California with my son-in-law. He's got a TVD that's about as big as... <clears throat> I'm trying to think of how big it can be. As big as that garage outside in the alley. And so I would watch the Sky Games. And, win. and he, even though he's a cheesehead and he comes from Milwaukee, he got into it. There's no uh, women's uh, NBA team, WNBA team in Milwaukee. So he's now a Sky head. So we're like, yeah, Sky. So I was really into it, D. And I will buy a Sky hat. Okay. They're just sold out right now. You can't find them anywhere. You sound like a pretty big fan. A Sky Championship victory party went down on Tuesday. And yes, invited to that party. J.B. Briscoe! <laughs> hey! Make some noise! Make some noise, Ben. Sit up! Oh! Sit up. <laughs> oh, God, that's 
<laughs> who is the master of ceremony? Do you know? Uh, I have no clue who that is. Uh, that ceremony was good. Just so you know, folks, we didn't watch it because we were dutifully working on our podcast. Yeah, they could have scheduled it for, you know, after our podcast, but no. <laughs> so we missed it. And Ben, you know, just saying, the governor sounds like a bigger Chicago Sky fan than you do. <laughs> All right, everybody, who's here for the Chicago Sky? Oh. Let's hear it for our WNBA champion team. <laughs> That's the governor? With a history of Cinderella stories and underdog champions, our Chicago Sky surprised no one when they rallied to win their first title. Oh, man, these noises. Actually, and we're so a lot proud of, of our hometown uh, stars, Candace Parker, who hails from Naperville. <laughs> and Allie Quigley, who hails from Joliet. And with their teammates, including Diamond DeShields and Courtney Vandersloot. He knows the players. <laughs> they put it all out there. And after this weekend, I'm just going to go ahead and annex North Philly as part of Illinois so that we can lay hometown claim to the 2021 WNBA Finals MVP, a powerhouse success story, Kalia Cooper Copper! Kalia Copper! What the hell did we just listen to? He got mixed up. He called her Cooper when her last name is Copper, but that's okay. That's okay. He was just excited. He was very excited. <laughs> and she comes from Philly. So that was, you know, we're going to annex North Philadelphia to make her a hometown celebrity. Very, very clever there. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for him. I've never seen the governor that amped up. Well, it's, by the way, did they boo him? No. There's a, there's a tradition uh, at big sporting rallies. And see, this is interesting. I'm going to make a political uh uh, uh, comment on this one, D. I'm going to take it brilliantly, if I may say so, oh, well. from a sports segment to a political oh, segment. Oh, go ahead, Bill Maher. Bill Maher. I can't even do my Bill Maher imitation. I can't think of him Okay, right people. People. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but anyway, so... It's a, there's a tradition at rally. Okay, after a team wins a championship, there's a rally. Uh, and the leading politicians, the mayor of the, whatever city has won or the governor of whatever state, uh, comes out before the thousands of thousands of people who are attending the rally uh, to cheer on the team, and the crowd goes, boo. And I was wondering, now that's generally for uh, to celebrate a victory by a team of men. So, like, it's unimaginable to think, imagine, just imagine if the Chicago Bears, for instance, were to win a Super Bowl championship, which hasn't happened since the Reagan administration, all right? So you got a bunch of men <laughs> eating raw meat. So when they see a pouch, boo, boo, and really, you know, I don't think it really matters what, party the politicians from uh, you know I don't unless it's NASCAR and Trump comes out then yeah mega so I'm just wondering maybe you know there were more women at the sky rally D a little more sophisticated not as dumb you know maybe they're 
a little more civil so that when they see J.B. Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot, she was there, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who, by the way, I got to give her credit. I've been giving her a hard time lately. At least she is a legitimate Sky fan. She was a season ticket holder. That's true. Uh, let's see here. Lori Lightfoot gave a speech. Let's go in here and Lori Lightfoot had to say. And of course, what do we say about our Sky team? What do we say about them? <laughs> These noises. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Well, all right. So Lori Lightfoot is a legitimate Sky fan. I got to give her credit. You know, she's a legitimate Bears fan. Uh, even though she's from Ohio, so she'd be a Browns fan. I don't know why she roots for the Bears. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, I don't think either one got booed. I don't. I, again, we couldn't listen because we're doing our show. Uh, but I didn't. I read the reports and I didn't hear any. Uh, I didn't read any uh, sentences that said they were booed. Well, one thing so I did they, notice is that uh, they didn't intro Lori Lightfoot. She just kind of walked out there and started talking. Okay, that's one way to minimize the boos. Uh, although. The audience is smart enough to see that she's talking. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. They could go if they wanted to boo. They could still boo. I remember. Well, if I can, I'm going to bring everything together. 2013, uh, at uh, Ryan Field in Evanston, Northwestern Wildcats playing Ohio State Buckeyes. Big time game, by the way. Uh, and, and, uh, it was uh, Friday night. It was the game of the week, or maybe it was Saturday night. It was the game of the week, and. Um, Anyway, uh, in those days when the fourth quarter starts, well, it's, they still do this. And the fourth quarter starts at a Northwestern football game. A celebrity appears on the big screen and says, it's time for everybody to get up. It's the fourth quarter. Woo-woo! And that celebrity for this big-time game on national TV was none other than Dennis's favorite mayor, Rahm Emanuel. And, you know, so here we are in North Evanston, right, just across the border from Wilmette, Rom's hometown. I thought, oh, he get a lot of cheers. But D, boo, <laughs> boo. The crowd was booing him. It was just his image they were booing. Guy, by the way, joined in the boos. And um, so I wrote, uh, oh, my God, this could, this does not bode well for Rahm Emanuel. He's getting booed in his home territory. I mean, I, literally, it's across the street from Wilmette. You know, that means Wilmettians don't like him. So I don't know if they call themselves Wilmettians. That sounds good. Sounds good enough. I know Evanstonians are kind of, you know, Evanstonians are kind of a funny breed. They're liberal, but they're always, Ben, you know, you're, not, you're too hard on Chicago mayors. You know, it's a very difficult job. People always tell me that, D. I wouldn't want that job. I've never understood that as a defense, D of the job the mayor's doing. Someone says, I wouldn't want that job. Well, obviously you didn't want the job. I didn't see you running for office. This guy did want the job. What am I supposed to do? Not criticize him if I think he's doing a bad job? I just, D, I've never understood the logic. You know, of someone who defends a mayor by going, well, I wouldn't want that job. Well, of course. You're like a lawyer making... 300000 I don't know how much lawyers make. I make a lot of money. You didn't want to be mayor of the city of Chicago. Rom did. Lori Lightfoot did. Mayor Daly did. Am I supposed to criticize them because it's a tough job? You know, by that manner, then don't, don't criticize the coach of the White Sox, the manager of the White Sox. That's a tough job. You're not going to criticize anybody who has a tough job? Not, not going to criticize them. 
But I just think that's a Evanstonian or a suburban way of ducking, ducking and dodging. You know what I'm saying, D? They don't want to say anything bad about them. I don't know. And that's the other thing. Like, a lot of these people are Democrats. There's an impulse that Democrats have. They can't criticize any Democrat. Unless it's like a far left Democrat. Oh my God. <laughs> then they'll fill my ear. Ben, you gotta do something about Bernie. Like, that's the other thing. Centrist Dems. You got this thing like you think anybody who voted for Bernie can influence Bernie. You know what I'm saying, Dave? Like, because I voted for Bernie, it's like I have his phone number. So I could just call him up right now, Bernie. You're offending my centrist friends from Evanston. Could you just kind of tone down the rhetoric a little bit? Anyway, I just know the suburbanites, they have a, a bizarre affinity for Chicago mayors. I don't know if you've noticed that, D. Really like Chicago mayors. It's sort of like they got to say, like, they like Chicago pizza. You know, they don't want anything to do with Chicago. They don't live in Chicago. Never lived in Chicago. I like your mayor, Ben. I think you're not being fair to your mayor. Maybe it's just like a twisted thing in their head and it's like kind of reminding them why they left or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> or never came in the first place. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? right? It kind of like validates it. You know what I mean? They know it's kind of bad, right? Or, you know what's weird? And, and we'll, again, a suburbanite, again, does not live in Chicago, who has a strong opinion about whether he or she likes the White Sox or the Cubs. Yeah, I, we've discussed this many times, D. The, the split, really weird, twisted thing that Chicagoans have, like you have to like one or the other. Oh, like some weird tribalistic thing. But if you're a suburbanite, you don't even live in Chicago. What do you care? Well, you got to like one or the other. <laughs> you live in Naperville. What do you care? Don't get me started, D. Or, they, you know, they, the Tribune will run a letter to the editor. Tribune. Oh, my goodness. That editorial page just seems to be getting worse and worse, but we'll hold that off oh, a while. Find Ben Jarofsky in Arlington Heights in about <laughs> five to ten years, everybody. Yeah, they'll write a letter to the editor. Some guy weighing in. Let's say Arlington Heights. I am really upset with Alderman, I don't know, Carlos Ramirez Rosa. <laughs> okay, suddenly you're weighing in. Everybody's got an opinion about the city of Chicago. So Guys some of you know that the mayor of Phoenix and I had a little bet. Oh, God. <laughs> and we won, of course, <laughs> without a doubt. But the Wilson basketball um, company that has its offices literally right across the street also got in on the action. And I just want to say they've come through in a big way. They have pledged to give 100 basketballs to a Chicago public school of the, of the sky's choosing. So thank you, Wilson. Tony up, Tony up, Oh, my God. Can, can I just say something about that young man? Isn't that interesting? Wilson's going to give 100 basketballs to some Chicago high school they're choosing. Well, good for you. What about all those courts you've closed in the city of Chicago? You know, Mayor Lightfoot. Remember that, D? She was going around. Leave this court or I'm going to tell your mama. Remember that? When, when oh, we used to yeah, play, we yeah. play that uh-huh, one in a while. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm a big believer in neighborhood basketball courts. And I've urged the Park District, not that they would listen to me, because they would never listen to someone like me, to hire some supervisors who could oversee community basketball. As opposed to, uh uh-oh, we got a call, we got a complaint about people playing basketball. 
We got to take the hoop down. That'll show them. But no, when this guy wins, Wilson kicks in 100 basketballs. For what? One high school? Is that it? Is that what she, the high school they're choosing? That's yeah. one high school's going to get 100? Why don't you give like 10 high schools 10 basketballs? Yeah. PE starts in that work. high school. Let me guess. Basketball again. <laughs> Some play it every day. All of a sudden, a truck will pull up and 100 boxes of basketballs. Here we go. Where do you put them? The poor principal. I don't. We don't even have a basketball program. Why'd you pick our high school? Now, if you look here on the globe, sir, that's a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, uh, I don't know. You know, you're supposed to be really excited at one of these rallies, and you're supposed, yeah, Wilson, yeah, thank you for those 100 basketballs. <laughs> the high school of your choosing. One high school is going to get 100 basketballs. I don't know. Maybe spread it out a little bit. You know, like 100, you could give – a hundred high schools of basketball each. Just saying, you know. I mean, what about a grammar school? Don't they want basketballs? I used to coach grammar school basketball. We could have used a basketball or two. I used to lug around the. I had this big. I still have it. This blue sack, look like Santa Claus, a blue sack filled with basketballs and a pump at the bottom, and then the the. The needle was always breaking on the pump. Good damn it. And the basketball. And the kids would be complaining. Coach, the basketballs don't have enough air in them. <laughs> Could have used a, a pump, Wilson. So there you go. That was a review of uh, the big Chicago Sky celebration. Uh, also, a lot of people not talking about this that much, but also making an appearance uh, at the Chicago Sky celebration earlier in the week. The Logan Square hipster gator guy. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, <laughs> some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Oh! By the way, you know, I got to give credit to uh, one uh, Ben Jarofsky show regular. Uh, Miles Conflassen was into the sky long before it was fashionable. He went, he went to many games. Uh, he texted me from various games that he was at. So, Miles, you were ahead of the game when it came to the sky. And I think Miles was the guy at the celebration, D, who uh, took off his shirt and ran on the stage oh my. And exposing himself with a big, I love the sky. Now, was it just a coincidence that I mentioned hipster and then you thought of Miles Conflassen? Eh, maybe. But it was Michael was the guy. Uh, you remember Michael? Oh, yeah, okay. Writing a book at the time and taking time off in between chapters to go hang out in Humboldt uh, Park looking for that gator. He was really into that gator. Not as much, Miles wasn't as into as much as Mike. Anyway, Miles was got to give him a shout out to yes, big time uh, Sky fan. All right, go Dolphins. Uh, by the way, D, I don't know if I told you this. My last, I discussed this with Romana uh, Hussein in a, a bonus segment that's going to drop uh, this weekend. Uh, but uh, the last newsletter I wrote for the reader really took a shot or two at my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. And I just want to say this. Um, that was some of the worst sports coverage ever. And I love you, bright one. I subscribe to you. Okay? I support you. I read you every day. Here. Here's a paper. Okay, but the Sky win the championship on a Sunday, D. It so happens the Bears play a regular season game. Okay, sometimes regular season versus championship. Bears lose like they always do to the Packers. An embarrassing display of ineptitude by the Chicago Bears. And who does the Chicago sometimes feature on the most valuable 
prime page of the sports section, Aaron Rodgers, the cheesehead from Wisconsin, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And I'm like, you could have put a picture of the sky there. But D, it's going to take a while before men sports writers and men editors and men in general get into women's basketball if they get into it at all that's a bigger topic for another time now i noticed earlier in the week uh the mayor was getting some flack she like posted something on social media uh with her with a chicago sky jersey and people are like ah you're sitting here doing all this and meanwhile the city's falling apart what are you doing did you see any of that this week i didn't see much of that you know it's um i in general, there's a cynicism and skepticism uh, that emerges uh, at a time of celebration when a mayor wraps him or herself in the good feeling, you know, of that people have for the team that won. That's why the booing. Like, I like the team. I don't like you. You know, uh, so there's skepticism or cynicism. But, I, I you know, it's in, in general, I, I find that criticizing a mayor or a governor or a president or whatever, a senator from taking time off to either watch a game or celebrate in a game. I don't know, D. That's like, you just don't like that person. What, what are they supposed What Are they supposed to work 24 hours a day on your problems? We have a lot of problems in Chicago. Crime is a big problem in Chicago. And you're at a sky celebration? How dare you? What do you want her to do? <laughs> I, so I, I didn't see any of that criticism. Maybe it was out there and I missed it. I wouldn't jump on that bandwagon. Now, I don't know if I should get ahead of myself here, but I was very disappointed with Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, for what she did at the Sky Game on Sunday. We're going to talk about that in a little while, right, D? Or go for it. We go do for a lot of pre-show prep. And we on never this. do, but go ahead. <laughs> she didn't wear a mask. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, are you kidding me? And she put the picture out on her Twitter feed. Here I am celebrating at the Sky Game on Sunday. I'm so happy. And she's surrounded by every people. Everybody else is wearing a mask except for Lori Lightfoot. What does she think? Because she's mayor of the city of Chicago? Like, she can't get COVID? Now, I didn't see the picture. Was she, like, posing for the picture? Did they catch it, like, nonchalant? Or how? how? She was definitely looking at the camera and, and posing. So... She wasn't wearing a mask. There was, I didn't, I mean, other people go, it's funny that defense people can, well, Ben, was the mask around her neck? First of all, let's say it was around her neck. What difference does that make? <laughs> it's like an ascot then. If it's around the neck, it's not a mask. Hey, no time for name calling here on Lori Lightfoot. So, I don't know, Lori Lightfoot. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You're in a, we're going to get in her uh, toe-to-toe fight with Big Johnny C, Cat and Zara. In a little while, you're in the middle of a political battle because you're mandating that uh, police officers uh, tell the city whether they got vaccinated or not. And you say it's a very important public health issue. At least wear a mask when you're inside arena watching a basketball game. I don't know. Just come Remember the haircut, D? Remember the haircut? Oh, was haircut, haircut gate, yes. Haircut One of the top gate. uh, gates of Illinois hell in our countdown of 2020. <laughs> was it? Yeah. God, what a memory you have. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lori Life in the middle of telling everybody how you can't go to a barber. She has a barber come to her, get a haircut or a hairstylist. Then she got mad at everybody when they criticized her. 
I have to look good on TV. What, the rest of us don't have to look good? You're the only one who has to look good? So anyway, rules for thee, not for me. Mixed messages sent out by the mayor of the city of Chicago. Hey, Chicago Sky, whatever you do, don't go to Arlington Heights, please. Just stay here. (laughs) We're cool. Uh, the Bears are off to Arlington Heights. Also See on, you, Bears. <laughs> Go ahead. Also on Tuesday, Governor Pritzker says he's hopeful the state's indoor mask mandate can be lifted for the holidays. We want to make sure that we're keeping people healthy and safe following the guidelines that doctors are offering for us. And so we'll continue to do that. And obviously, we want to remove the mitigations as we approach the holidays. Um, These are, you know, that's an important marker for us. We want to make sure these numbers keep going going down. Governor, what else would you like? We'd like very much to head into, you know, we have three holidays coming up, uh, but especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, where people spend extended amounts of time together. So we'd like very much to get to a place where we can remove um, certain mask mandates. Now, October's flying by, Ben, but before we know it, the holiday will be here. Do you see us having another virtual holiday season like we did last year? First of all, we didn't really have it last year, uh, <laughs> if you recall. Uh, but uh, no, I don't see us going down that path. And I'll kind of miss it, D, because, you know, speaking of Lori Lightfoot, I'll miss the epic performance she gave in that don't see grandma and grandpa uh, public service announcement, as you recall, that she made with several mayors uh, around Chicago, right? Uh, and then where she said she, she, she set up this... I don't think it was a real phone conversation with some imaginary person. This is the right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. Of course, I'll give your love to, to Amy and Viv and Hank. All right. Love you, Mom. We'll talk on Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. The sigh. Oh, there it is. There it is. Love the sigh. So I'll miss that. But uh, anyway, you know, uh, Governor Pritzker said, well, maybe we'll lift some of the mask, indoor mask mandates. Hey, apparently uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot lifted one for herself at the game. I'm just saying, D, if you're going to engage the Fraternal Order Police in a very public battle over the importance of abiding by the proper protocol to keep from spreading this awful disease, if you're going to do that, at the very least, wear a mask, like everybody else. Jesse Jackson was wearing a mask. Chance the Rapper was wearing a mask. They were all at the Sky Game. Every kid I know who was at that game, I see you, Ryan, at the game, you know, was wearing a mask. I see you, Anthony, at that game. Miles, I bet, was wearing a mask. At the very least, Mayor Lightfoot, wear a mask. All right. In other local news, political nerds love talking about it, and political novices still nod their head and have no clue what it is. Map redistricting. A federal court has intervened in the state's legislative redistricting process and ordered new changes to a map lawmakers unveiled and scrapped months ago, creating new procedural hurdles for the 2022 election. A three-judge federal panel ruled Tuesday that the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund and Illinois Republicans should be able to offer up their own map and that Democrats need to do more tweaking. 
and tweaking they did. The Chicago Latino Caucus unveiled a map today. Alderman Gilbert Villegas, chairman of the caucus, calls it a coalition map because it's got support from council members from the north and south sides, as well as some members of the Black Caucus and community groups. The Latino Caucus proposed map also keeps neighborhoods within wards. Inglewood, for example, which is currently split among multiple wards, would be unified under one ward umbrella. Alderman Jason Irvin, leader of the Black Caucus, has pushed for an 18 black majority wards down from uh, down one from 19, given the African-American population has dropped by more than 86,000 since the last census. Proposed maps in the lead up to December 1st deadline come up with official ward boundaries. Ben, your thoughts on the uh, legis- legislative redistricting. All right. So there's two different legislative uh, redistrictings going on here. One is the Illinois uh, legislative redistricting. So confusing. Yeah, I, I, Folks, I know a lot of you are confused and it's, it's a lot to keep track of. Uh, but when you do a redistricting, which you have to do every 10 years after uh, a census, there's a legislative redistricting, which is state House representative seats and state Senate seats. Uh, and then there, whatever municipality you live in, and I, I live in Chicago, so we talk a lot about Chicago. There's municipal redistricting, which means city council uh, seats, wards are redistricted. So on the one hand, the Democrats who drew up the map. And then finally, there's congressional districts. Uh, where, the, where the U.S. representatives, the congressmen, the people who get elected and go to Washington, uh, they're their districts. Uh, and so we've been talking a lot about the legislative map. Uh, I, as, um, I do not con- shield this. I do not hide this. I think the Democrats are due to Republicans in the state of Illinois, what Republicans do to Democrats uh, all over the country. I note with a painful irony uh, that the Mexican-American Legal Defense Fund has joined with Republicans to challenge the Democratic map, uh, the legislative map, on the grounds that there are not enough Hispanic majority uh, districts. Uh, So, in effect, uh, they will be abetting the party, the Republican Party, uh, that has used the most virulent anti- uh, really Mexican rhetoric to justify the election of Donald Trump on behalf of Republicans. And it's very painful irony uh, for a Democrat like myself. And yet, on the one hand, the Democrats sort of left themselves open on this front because uh, Hispanics or Latino voters are a very important part of their uh, coalition. And so they should bend over backwards, I think, uh, to meet their needs. So that is an ongoing struggle. And then there's the city council map, which this is really bizarre, dude, because uh, right now, I I think you said there were 18 uh, black wards, meaning wards with the majority of the people uh, in them are black. But that, of course, is no guarantee that the person who gets elected from that ward will be a black person. And similarly, a ward that has a majority or even a plurality of Latino voters, there's no guarantee that the person who goes, gets elected from that ward will be a Latino uh, a person. And exhibit A of this, I'll go to the 14th ward. Ed Burke is the alderman. He's not Latino. He's Irish-American. And that ward is predominantly Latino. Uh, our good friend Sue uh, Sadlowski-Garza from the 10th ward, similar story. Uh, and uh, it's it's either a majority Latino ward or a plurality of uh, Latinos in that district, and Sue is victorious. So in the old days, back in the 80s, map makers would want a ward where there were so many people of one race, of so many black people, that would guarantee the election of a black person. And even now, 
didn't work out all the time because the fifth ward had Larry Bloom as its alderman for many years, even though it was like 60 or so percent black. And he was uh, he's a white man. So it's very complicated political game going on here, D. And uh, it's really hard for people to follow. And to a large degree, the map makers are interested in one thing and one thing only themselves. And so they're trying to create districts that will benefit themselves the most. So we're going to have to see how this plays out on both the city council and legislative levels. And of course, Congress, uh, where Marie Newman is um, demanding that the proposed map that legislators created uh, be changed because somehow or other legislators could not figure out a way to put a map that protect would help protect Marie Newman. Uh, the newly elected uh, congresswoman from the southwest side, southwest suburbs. So they're probably going to redo that map as well. D. That's like a first draft map. So this is all very much ongoing, a lot of wheeling and dealing, much of it behind the scenes. And I'm hope, hoping that when it all emerges, and I'm saying this as a lefty, I'm hoping that the Democrats will have protected uh, their interests in the state of Illinois, because Lord knows it's an unfair system throughout the country, and Republicans sure as hell take advantage of it. That's for certain. Boy, Ben, I got to say, I tried really hard, but you lost me there about one minute into it. But you know, one day I will understand <laughs> this whole map redistricting thing. Hey, hey man, I feel that like explaining map redistricting and explaining TIFFs, I struggle. I struggle. <laughs> All right, now moving on to the news in the city of Chicago. Ben, how do you say I'm smart, you're not, in Japanese? I just biked around Lake Michigan. <laughs> and I guess as ABC Political News star plan did not pan out because former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel has his, had his nomination hearing to be ambassador to Japan this week. All seemed to be going well, and I'm sure he almost forgot about it until reality hit. Oh, yeah, I covered up a murder. Believe it or not, that question came up, and yes, when he tried to explain himself for covering up the murder of Laquan McDonald in order to get himself reelected, it was weird. We have quotes and audio from Rahm Emanuel. First, we'll do the quotes. He said of the La- uh, Laquan McDonald murder cover-up, quote, There's not a day or a week. That has gone by in the last seven years that I haven't thought about this and thought about it. Emmanuel acknowledged the underestimated uh, that he underestimated the mistrust the black community has for law enforcement. He said, I made a number of changes that dealt with oversight accountability. While in office, Emmanuel told members of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, quote, I thought I was addressing the issue and I clearly missed the level of distrust and skepticism that existed. And that's on me. But he also carefully defended his actions, which delayed the release of a video of the shooting until after the 2015 election, saying it is improper for politicians to get involved in high profile cases because, well, that only serves to politicize the investigation. Ah, yes. Rule number 86 in the How to Be a Mayor of Chicago handbook. Hold off on murders when running for reelection. Now for the audio, shout out to PBS for this audio. Like to hear it? Hear it go. Because all these things happened, the family requested the video. The city attorney reached out proactively before there was a lawsuit to ask for a settlement. The settlement was approved in a, in a less than one minute meeting with no public discussion. It seems hard to believe that all those things happened and yet you were never briefed on the details of the situation when you were leading the city. 
Can I, uh, since you brought up aldermanic letters, as you'll see also here, the leadership of the Black Caucus has signed a letter in support of my nomination. Those are the members that worked with me. It doesn't take away from the fact that, uh, as I said before, and I want to pre because I think it's important, all those are not technicalities. This is a tragedy that happened, as you know, as you made reference to what's going on in Portland. And as I said, no city of any size has not confronted the gulf and the gap that exists between police practices and the oversight and accountability. I made efforts of them. They missed the mark because they totally missed how level, how deep that distrust is. And as in the reverend or the pastor's letter, how broken the system is that we all relied on. Yes, and I did note that uh, the, chair, uh, the chair would just say to my distinguished colleague, I've allowed you to go four minutes over the five minutes. So uh, I think that questions for the record would be appropriate. Thank, thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. What a joke on so many levels. Where do I start with this one? Number one, I underestimated, he says, the mistrust. He didn't underestimate it. He ignored it. The last thing on Mayor Rahm's agenda when he was elected in 2011 was dealing with the tremendous level of distrust, to use his word, between the black community and police. This goes back for as long as I can remember. And since Harold Washington died, no politician wanted to confront it. Mayor Daley certainly didn't want to confront it. Mayor Daley looked the other way when police were torturing black, sus black suspects. Getting him to confess. This has been going on forever. Ralph Metcalf lay, raised this issue in the 70s. And how did Richard J. Daly respond? He responded by running someone against Ralph Metcalf for Congress. So politicians in Chicago have ignored this or exacerbated it. They don't want to get involved. They left the police department alone. And rogue cops were able to do what they want, get away with it by and large. And so... For Mayor Rahm to sit there, I underestimate it. You just ignored it, and you only dealt with it when it blew up in your face in 2015, and you suddenly had protesters outside of your house on a regular basis after the Laquan McDonald video was released. And you fought like hell to keep it from your release. And D, the most absurd thing he said, and I can't believe there's anybody in the city of Chicago who believes this, is that the reason he didn't release that video is because he didn't want to politicize the matter. Everything Rahm Emanuel does is political. The man's one of the most political animals I've ever seen. He wakes up in the morning and he think, he's thinking, what can I do to get a political advantage over everybody else in the universe? So to act as though suddenly you're above politics it's an insult to the intelligence of the city of Chicago, but I understand why you have such a low esteem, low regard for the intelligence of the city of Chicago, the people in the city of Chicago. They elected you twice. They probably, I don't know, D, I used to say, well, he wouldn't get reelected. I'm starting to think he probably would have got reelected. When I watched the nine black aldermen sign that letter, that's pretty deep right there. So this notion of an employee, you know what, D? Where was that lack, where was that restraint on one of our favorite stories? The great French actor, Juicy Smollett. Remember when Juicy Smollett got in trouble with the Chicago police? Did you see Rom sitting back and going, well, you know, we have to let the investigation run its course and I should not make a public statement about this. 
No, that guy was going everywhere. Wherever there was a camera, Rahm was weighing in with that one. He saw it a political advantage to take advantage of the fallout over Justice Millett making up that. Well, I say he made it up. Some of my listeners may agree with me. <laughs> I don't think many would. But making up that story about the crime, getting mugged two in the morning, coming back from a subway. <laughs> the more thing was so absurd. Ron was all over, all over. Outraged. I didn't hear him say, well, we have to let the investigation run its course. You know, uh, Jesse Smuley has said that uh, he really was mugged. And so we, you know, we need to do a little more investigation on that one. Yeah. So come on, Chicagoans. Watching it, watching that uh, anytime Rahm Emanuel is like interacting with people outside of Chicago, it's like when you're watching one of those movies and you know that that person's the bad guy, but they don't know it. You're like, come on, he's the bad guy. Don't do it. Don't. You know what I mean? It's like we see two different people, you know? Absolutely. And it's and then you raise a good point. People I I talked about this a little a bit earlier today with suburbanites and Rom, but definitely people further Rom, further you get away from Chicago, the greater the love there is for Rom. And I've noticed this, you know, because and and by the way, people in Chicago voted for him. Most people in Chicago knew nothing about Rahm Emanuel except for he had a reputation for being a, a real jerk, you know, a real tough guy, like a like a gangster. And he was Barack Obama's chief of staff. That's what people in Chicago knew about him. So being Barack Obama's chief of staff was enough to win over black voters. And just being a total jerk was enough to win over black and white voters. Because so many Chicagoans love to have a jerk as a mayor. <laughs> That's then you nice guys don't make it in this world. How many times have I heard that one? You gotta be tough. So think about it, D. Our last three mayors have just been like unlikable human beings. They're always nasty. They're always swearing at people. <laughs> kind of, you know, they're duplicitous. They bully people. Remember Mayor Daly told my dear friend Mick Dumkey he was going to put a rifle up his butt and shoot him. That's the mayor you elected, Chicago. Oh, come on. Then he was joking around. And now Lori Lightfoot, she's fighting everybody all the time. Always mad at somebody. Going to take your car and make you walk and take your basketball courts. We haven't had a nice mayor since Harold Washington. City of Chicago said, well, done with that experiment. So, yeah, so the farther away you get from Chicago, the more people like Rom. <laughs> and so, like I said, yeah, people in Chicago don't know anything about Rom either. Like, oh, 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 he was Barack Obama's chief of staff. Guess I'll vote for him. And then Barack Obama did that second wave of commercials for him in 2015. That sealed the deal. Plus, oh, my God, D. Do they love Rahm Emanuel on the north side of Chicago? You know, it's funny. I mean, it's like people, life is good on the north side of Chicago. So people think it's something the mayor did. Ben, you have to admit, life is good up here. What a great mayor. I think I'll vote for that mayor again. So, yeah, D, further away you got from Chicago, the less they, like, the less they know about Rahm Emanuel, the more likely they are to go for it. You know, he seems like a nice guy. What was the one dude? Oh, which, uh, oh, Tim Kaine, senator from uh, Virginia, said, you know, bad things happen on anybody's watch as mayor. That's just what goes on. Oh, really, Tim Kaine? <laughs> Bearing evidence of a murder? Eh, the bar is low. 
By the way, D, that's, I don't know, and just add that to a long list of things. Closing the schools, et cetera. But I realized, D, that uh, he has the votes. He's going to be approved. He played the game very well. He's a very astute practitioner of the game of politics, particularly in Washington. Spent a lot of time there in Congress as chief of staff to Obama and White House aide to Clinton. By the way, have you been watching impeachment? You haven't watched impeachment, have you? No, no, no. Oh, my God. Last night was excellent. I urge everybody to watch Ryan Murphy's impeachment. That's tell us about the Clinton impeachment uh, scandal. What a sleazebag Bill Clinton. What a sleazebag he was. Ben, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do all that stuff. I did not have sex with that woman. Now, Ben, what would you rather have? Rom on ABC every Sunday or Rom <laughs> as ambassador of Japan? Tough, tough question, Madam Mayor. Tough question. <laughs> That's a really good question because, you know, on one hand, uh, if he's ambassador to Japan, he's far away and I don't have to see him. Uh, on the other hand, if he's just, you know, a talking head on ABC, he's uh, he, it's not like he's being honored in a special way. So I don't I guess I'd rather have him as a talking head on ABC. But, D, that's a tough one. God. And you know what Dennis told me? See, folks, when I um, broke into this game, I was a rookie, and Dennis was an experienced vet. And he sat me down. He said, son, I'm going to tell you a little something. And even though I'm much older than him because he's experienced vet, he called me son. He goes, son, this is way back when, first day at uh, that radio station that fired me. He goes, son, let me tell you something. Here's the first thing you need to know. you got to have an opinion about everything. You can't duck and dodge. When I ask you a question, you got to come up with an opinion. And I go, yes, sir, Dr. D. <laughs> Me? Oh, I can duck and dodge all day. But you? No, no. You got to have an opinion, sir. And what about Gloats? Our good friend Dave Gloats. You ever notice how far he'll go to avoid stating an opinion when we do the city council <laughs> roundup? I'll ask him directly. And he just repeats the question to me. You think you're slick, Dave Glowitz. By the way, D- Dave Glowitz will be coming back next week. D, I already cut a deal with him. Nice. Yeah, I know. A very, one of my favorite segments, Dave Glowitz breaks down the Chicago City Council. But boy, does he duck and dodge. Anything else you'd like to add about uh, Rahm Emanuel before we move on here? No. I want to move on from Rahm Emanuel in more ways than one. Uh, but uh, it just... I probably write a column about it, so it's really hard to do as long as he continues to advance his political career. I'll leave you with this one, D. Oh. I got a text uh, from a, a good friend of mine, uh, a political junkie who will remain anonymous this morning. He thinks Rom is definitely running for president, and he thinks Rom will win. Whoa. He thinks Rom Emanuel will be president of the United States. Why? <laughs> wow. Why is that person in your contacts even? Wow. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying he supports Rom. Oh, okay. Uh, in fact, he doesn't. He really d- dislikes Rom, but he's a political junkie. Follows things, and he thinks that this is Rom's got a long, you know, st- uh, long-term strategy here. He's playing the long game, and so he's resurrecting his political career by becoming ambassador to Japan by confronting the Laquan McDonald. Now, from now from now on, it goes well. I already dealt with that. Now he's got like his answers. So anytime anybody raises Laquan McDonald, he'll say nine black aldermen, nine black aldermen, <laughs> nine black aldermen. He'll drag out these aldermen in the city of Chicago. How, how can you complain? People in Iowa, I got nine black aldermen. That said, I'm a great guy. Nine black aldermen don't care about that. I buried a video of 
Laquan McDonald shooting? That's what he's going to say, D. Nine black aldermen. Nine black aldermen. And the other thing he does, and uh, Delmarie Cobb said this yesterday. She was really great. Rom's got this thing. If you ask him a direct question, he goes on a, a tangent. He goes, well, number one, da-da-da-da-da. Number two, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> he starts counting. That always gets people confused. If you want to confuse people, D, start counting. One, da-da-da-da-da. Two, da So he's, this is his way of tackling this issue and neutralizing it. He's going to go on uh, to Japan, claim tremendous success as ambassador and come back and run from That's what my friend uh, opines. We'll see if my friend is is accurate in his prediction. And did you believe any of it that Rom said? Any no. word? None. Zero. Uh, uh, did I believe any individual? If you look at it as a segment of individual words, here and there, there was a <laughs> word that was true. Like when he said yesterday, if he said the word yesterday, then Probably yesterday was true. But when you put them all together, it was a bunch of BS. I don't even think any, I don't even think Rom's black aldermanic supporters believed it. They're probably telling, oh, good job, Rom. That'll fool the people again. (laughs) Now, Ben, look what you did on the live stream chat. You started a debate on Jesse Smollett. (laughs) You mean Juicy Smollett? Whatever Whatever you call the guy. Jesse Smollett. Oh, man, Rom had. Plenty of opinions about Jesse Smollett. But when it came to the video of a murder that happened while he was mayor, well, don't want to politicize anything. All right, let's do our last story here. Finally, our Chicago mayor, one Lori Lightfoot. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, mayor. Good question. Our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, is currently in a standoff. And aside from the time he actually voted for, for once, Ben Jarofsky is on the mayor's side. It's the vaccination confrontation of 2021 between Mayor Lightfoot and Chicago Fraternal Order of Police President Johnny Florida, John Catanzaro. (laughs) Johnny Florida. (laughs) A judge lost his temper in the court case that pits Lightfoot's administration against the Fraternal Order of Police over the mandate requiring all city workers, including police, report their vaccination status. The city sued to stop FOP President John Catanzaro from using social media to criticize the mandate and lawsuits have been flying ever since. About 100 firefighters and water department employees have sought a temporary restraining order against the mandate. Uh, That's what Judge Moshe Jacobius was dealing with yesterday when his voice began to rise. The Sun-Times explains the FOP attorney expressed frustration with the legal proceedings. And it's a frustration uh, the judge has had with Chicago. Well, it's a frustration that me personally that I've had with Chicago politics since I've lived here. A little too intense. Can we watch our mouths and please bring it down a little bit? Always said that. Uh, The judge said there's been some comments about lowering the volume and lowering the flames and working in uh, for the people of the city of Chicago, both sides. And the judge thinks these parties should take that to heart. He described it all as uh, sensationalization. Never heard that word in my life until this week and said people need to really consider everybody that's involved here in public service. Meanwhile, the number of uh, police employees complying with the reporting rule continues to rise. And get this, Indiana 
you're doing what you always do, ruining it for everyone. <laughs> Republican Senator Mike Braun of Indiana is urging Chicago police officers turned off by Lightfoot's vaccine status order to come to the Hoosier state instead. All right, lots to, to break out here. First of all, we'll start with Indiana. I read that, and I think it was the Tribune was all over that story. It did not see it in my beloved bright one, but the Tribune was all over that story. They love Indiana. Dennis, the Tribune loves the state of Indiana. And I, I, I really don't get it. So not quite sure I understand. I mean, I get it's trash talking by a Republican Congress. I understand the concept of trash talking. Donald Trump has raised it to a high art and now Republicans are following. So I get trash talking. And so this Republican uh, congressman from Indiana sees a, uh, a wedge issue here in the city of Chicago that, that would help and benefit the Republican party where um, you've got the police department or excuse me, the, uh, the police union fighting the mayor. Democratic mayor, Republican police union, let's be honest, they're, they're total MAGA. So he said, well, I'll take advantage of it. So he's inviting Chicago cops to move to Indiana. Like, number one, wait, do you have jobs for them? I mean, aren't there already p- police officers in the state of Indiana? What are you going to fire cops? I'm sorry, you're going to have to give up your badge and your gun because we're bringing in cops from Illinois to take your job. I mean, what are you going to hire more cops? Is it, I don't get it. What are you going to tell Indianians? <laughs> you know, don't, I'm sorry, Indianians. You don't get to apply for police officer position because they're bringing cops in from Chicago to really annoy Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Really weird. And then, like, just th- I'm going to steal this from Dennis. I, I, my impulse was to just to say it and pretend that I thought it up. But Dennis thought it up. <laughs> Come to Indiana, Chicago cops. We don't care if you beat up our citizens. That was a dentist line when he said, I was like, you're so right. I'm like, what, what is the point of that? Oh, we got an Indiana listener on the live stream chat. It's <laughs> Jamie. Jamie says, we don't claim Mike Braun here in Indiana. <laughs> okay. Well, you got him, whether you claim him or not. So, yeah, no, I, it's just trash talking, Jamie. Mike Braun's doing a little trash talking. No one takes him seriously except for the Chicago Tribune. Tribune, just saying, dedicated a lot of space to that. And by the way, just so you, for the record, you recall, I was given uh, my beloved Governor Pritzker a grief on this subject uh, a few weeks back when he was tr- saying to Texas businesses, hey, come to Illinois. We don't have a crazy uh, anti-abortion law. I'm like, ah, I don't know. First of all, I, I would think those businesses down in Texas would be more likely to support a woman's right to choose. You might want to keep them there. Just saying. I mean, and, just this whole, and good whole call thing. Good call from Jamie. Sorry, but uh, Hoosiers, man, Hoosiers. You call <laughs> yeah. them Hoosiers, not Indianans. Uh, I don't like calling them Indianians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hoosiers, you're right. Who's your mama? <laughs> so I. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right, D. Uh, by and large, uh, I, I do not understand. Why? Uh, well, I understand politically why they're doing it, but uh, I just don't understand how it's going to serve anybody's interest. Uh, what uh, Johnny C is doing with the Fraternal Order of Police and defying this order. And by the way, it's not an order. Just so you know, folks, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is not ordering Chicago police officers to get vaccinated or any city worker. She's ordering them to notify the city as to whether they are vaccinated. And uh, by doing that, 
if they're not vaccinated, then they have to go to more restrictive protocols, just like the NBA. I mean, it's happening all over the country. So I'm having a hard time understanding why Chicago police officers would be so upset about this. And as I've said many times in the show, D, there's far more egregious violations of their individual rights than this. Like the one that says they have to uh, have their urine tested all the time to see if they're smoking reefer. I don't understand what that has to do with being a good police officer. So, Johnny C., anytime you want to raise a protest against mandatory drug tests, I'm with you, young man. I'm with you. But this one, I don't know, Johnny C. And Johnny C., man, it seems like this Ron DeSantis guy is going to try and run for president. You, you could maybe get governor of Florida. Maybe. Oh, he, he, you, you, this is another dentist line. John Catanzara could go to Florida right now and become one of the leading Republicans in that state. I don't know why he's wasting his time in the city of Chicago. Yeah, he should go right now to Florida. He'd be huge in Florida. You're right, D. You said it. He could have a podcast. That, and from the podcast, maybe get on some AM radio and then move on to there. Run for mayor of some small town, and from that, he can run s- for Congress. He can send everybody tweets in the wintertime about how he's living in the sun, all you Chicagoans, ha-ha. That's, you know, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, he could do a big-time trash talking from Florida. But uh, this this one here, but, but I'll, I'll say this, you know, got mixed feelings about this one, D. I read about the judge saying, you know, uh, silencing Johnny C., uh, saying, don't talk about this anymore. We have to lower the bottom. I don't know if I believe in that. I mean, on one hand, I do believe that there's really nothing constructive that comes out of Johnny C's mouth, but he does have a right to talk trash, right? Doesn't he? I mean, isn't that kind of what everybody does in this country? And especially in this city. If you're not foul mouthed, <laughs> you're not fitting in here in the city of Chicago. My goodness. Yeah. So all of a sudden, this judge is discovering that, you know, we. We have these bare knuckle brawls in the city of Chicago. He's going to outlaw bare knuckle brawls. I don't know. I, uh, I didn't like that ruling. No, not that that judge cares what I say, but you know, I think Johnny C uh, essentially has a right to say what's on his mind. I don't like particularly what he has to say. I think he has a right to say it. Now, uh, my predictions is that he goes to Florida, but there are people who are like, I've seen signs where it's like, Cat and Zara for mayor. <laughs> like, is he going to do this? Is he is he going? Is he going for it? Well, I, uh, this is the topic of uh, a column I just wrote. Thank you for raising this topic, D. It was really a good move on your part, whether you did it on purpose or not. Uh, I think uh, that John Cat and Zara is the best friend Lori Lightfoot has, politically speaking. And I'm watching how Lori Lightfoot is playing this. The other day, she had this, oh, my goodness, D. The other day, uh, she announced that she was in no way going to ever support the de- defund the police movement, okay? That she was distinguishing herself from the defund the police activists like uh, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez comes on the show, Carlos Ramirez Rosso comes on the show, and uh, that she was actually wanting more money for the police, all right? More money for the police, and then her police chief, David Brown, said, I couldn't believe he said this. There's a silent majority of Chicagoans that support the police. And I, first of all, folks, you got to know, silent majority is a term coined by uh, Spiro Agnew and Richard Nixon. 
to marginalize anti-war protesters. And what they were saying was a silent majority of Americans who supported the war uh, in uh, Vietnam and did not believe that we should end that war, which was a really misguided thing to say, because first of all, I don't think it was true. Number one, they weren't that silent. And I don't know if they were a majority. They certainly didn't want to fight in the war. So here we are, fast forward all these years, and you have the Democratic leader of the city of Chicago and her police chief talking about a silent majority that supports the police. First of all, they're not silent. You go to any neighborhood in the city of Chicago, and I have said this to Carlos Ramirez Rosa and Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez many times. You go to any neighborhood in the city of Chicago, and you talk about cutting police, and chances are a room will fill with the residents demanding that you not cut police. I don't see anybody silent. So the notion that they're silent is absurd. It's like this notion that they have... Like they want to present themselves as these hardworking, law-abiding citizens who don't engage in politics. They're so busy going to work each day, D, rolling up their sleeves and working hard, then coming home and raising their kids. Like people who protest against police violence against black people don't work or don't raise kids (laughs) are not like real humans, but we're real people. And we support the police. Guys, you're not silent, and you're not any better than lefties who denounce police violence. So stop trying to pretend as though you are. And so, yeah, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, so she's positioning herself as the middle, the centrist, and so Kent and Zara is going to be on one extreme, and Carlos Ramirez Rosa will be on the other extreme, and, D, and she'll be mean to everybody, and so Chicagoans will go, well, she's mean to people. She must be getting something done because that's how you do it, Ben. So I think this Johnny Catanzara is the best gift that Lori Lightfoot's ah, has. I see. So she's going to play the can't we all just get along card? Yeah. Well, yeah. She'll, <laughs> can't we all just get along while she's telling everybody, F you. Shut the hell up. And it's a good point, too, with uh, Catanzara. It's like uh, this. she found her Trump replacement because I felt yes. like there were times when – you know, Trump was president. Like, if she did something bad, she'd be like, uh, hey, how about that Trump, huh? He sucks. So it's like she kind of found her Trump replacement. Absolutely. So all the liberals on the north side are like, oh, I just cannot stand Johnny Catanzaro. I love Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And they will vote for her three times if they could. And so, yeah. So if Johnny C. ran, if he ran for mayor, Okay, folks, one more time. We have the the system. If you don't get a majority, there's a runoff. So there's a very good chance he could keep, if a lefty runs, Lori Lightfoot from getting a majority, in which case there's a very good chance he comes in second. If you take all the Trump voters in the city of Chicago and have them vote for Johnny C, he'll probably come in second if there's a runoff. But I can't see him beating Lori Lightfoot one-on-one. All he'll do is get the Trump vote. I don't know. What's Trump? 15%? You know, like, I'm speaking for lefties anywhere. I don't know many lefties anywhere who would vote for Johnny C over Lori Lightfoot. They may not vote, but they're not going to vote for Johnny. So he's the best friend Lori Lightfoot has. He makes her look moderate or liberal even. And then she plays off against the Democratic Socialists. That satisfies the good liberals on the north side. And 
Maybe she'll get Barack Obama to endorse her. That always helps. Bingo. Reelected. <laughs> yeah. Democrats nationwide, take note from Lori Lightfoot. If you're full of crap and you plan on following through on absolutely nothing, get yourself a Trump replacement. Yes. The best best friend she has, Johnny C. So there you and go. He knows it too, by the way. He he knows it. He knows the game he's playing. Go ahead, D. That's it, guys. That's our show. Uh, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J. Bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com. Uh, go check that out or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. We're still doing bonus interviews, everybody. Ben, tell us about our bonus interview lineup this weekend. Well, by the way, I have a, I just did one with Ramana Hussein, which is, I loved it. It was one of my favorite. I mean, I love talking to Ramana anyway, but we, we had a debate about uh, Squid Games, intense debate about squid games and then we got into it sports writers uh whether male sports writers are biased against women's sports. Oh, man, that was a great one too and then we got into it this one it was a story it's a story we haven't talked about uh on the show but katie couric and ruth bader ginsburg i don't know if you guys saw this story it broke uh katie couric the uh cps no not cbs is she on cbs or nbc i can't remember d but the long time uh news commentator uh news personality I have absolutely no idea what network she's on. It could be ABC. I, I could have screwed yeah, the whole thing. I'm not sure where she's at these days. I remember by, back in the by day. The way, you'll fix, by the way, oh my God, I have to. I didn't tell you this. What? Uh, Tuesday, I was at the hideout for trivia night, and I bumped into the great, the legendary Mike Girardi, yeah. uh, lo, lo, listener, great rock and roller. And um, I cut a deal with him right there, and then have him, we're going to do a bonus interview in a couple of weeks, and he's going to come on. He's going to sing a bunch of his songs and talk some politics. But he told me he let a cat out of the bag. He let a cat out of the bag about you, Dr. D. Oh, yeah. What? There was a show. You know how I always go, D, you clean that up and edit this and that after I make a mistake? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and of course we never do because, <laughs> well, I make so many of them. What the hell? Like the Katie Couric, is she ABC, NBC, CBS? Uh, and uh, But he said that there was one time when you stumbled on something, and then uh, when he heard it on the uh, the broadcast, you took it out. Well, you're you damn right it. I did. <laughs> My name is not on the banner. I have to do something after this, dude. That's true. By speaking of which, WBC, come on, guys. Huh? Huh? I need them demo reels, man. <laughs> come on, BZ. Dennis could do that real serious, slow talking stuff. Uh, interesting. In the news, John Catanzara is having a quarrel with Laurie Lightfoot. Let's go live <laughs> to someone. Anyway, so I'm really hoping you get to hear the uh, Ramon Hussein Squid. Have you seen Squid Games yet, D? No, I'm like, I'm kind of like basking in the curiosity. You know what I mean? Well, I, my uh, contention that it's, uh, obscenely violent. And I say this as a Quentin Tarantino fan. I just throw this out there, everybody. I don't want to hear any Quentin Tarantino haters out there ripping QT and then loving Squid Games. Just saying. D, the, the amount of violence in Squid Games. Oh, really? Yeah, really. A lot of violence. So if you're not into violence and people getting shot, maybe not your show to watch. And it's a little, I don't know. Yeah, I'll just throw this out. I threw this out on a, as well. A lot of protest over Dave Chappelle, Netflix employees walking out i'm sympathetic to a lot of the protests by the way even though i'm a fan of david uh chappelle been watching him for a long time but i'm like wow what a statement about society 
Netflix employees aren't walking out of well, Squid Games, the most popular show in the world, and it's got to be the most violent thing I've ever seen. I mean, D, they are just like gunning down people in this show. Heads exploding. Nobody's protesting that. What a weird, weird world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. So check out uh, the Benny J. Bonus interviews. Download whatever shows you may have missed this week. Uh, you can send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show. Uh, that's Benny J show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And you can call this program. It's true. 708-658-4788. That number again is 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky show. We would love to hear from you. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. Bring the volume shit. down a little bit here in Chicago. My God. Where was that judge to, <laughs> to uh, referee that dispute, huh? Could have used that judge there. Hey, watch your language there, Alderman Lopez. All right. I'm on a great show today, D. I want to thank you very much. Couldn't have done without you. Also, want to give a shout out to T. Buchanan, and uh, he will be joining us next Friday for Oh, What a Week. Uh, that should be a lot of fun as Dennis uh, uh, goes back home to Alton. And uh, Mama Dennis, wish you the best of luck uh, in uh, what's ahead for you and sending out the best vibrations I have uh, on your behalf. I also want to send out good vibrations to my dear friend, Miles Samarji. He's having an operation uh, real soon. One of my oldest friends here in the city of Chicago has been on the show. A great writer, Milo. So best vibrations to you and Mama Dennis. Uh, and uh, nothing but the best for you. I also want to thank the man, Myth the Legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. The aforementioned Dr. D. And as Mama Dennis, Milo Samarja, and Atibu Buchanan will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him the stud. Give yourself a oh. raise. Take <laughs> I just threw something new out yeah. there. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> Biked around Lake Michigan. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor, just issued more mandates. wondered how to say good morning in Italian or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.